to me, this was profoundly problematic for the White House. And this is something they cannot outrun. I think it'll get worse and worse. Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Monday, February 12th, which means it's Media Monday. Today, I'm joined by John Kelly to talk about the media feeding frenzy around Joe Biden's age and fitness for office, which is only getting more intense following last week's special counsel report about Biden's handling of classified documents. Can Biden change the narrative or is it too late? We also check in on the splashy sports streaming platform announced by Disney, Fox, and Warner Brothers, and what media insiders are really saying about it. We'll discuss all that and much, much more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the powers that be. If it's Monday, it's Media Monday. Monday should also be a holiday every year after the Super Bowl. I firmly believe if you're sitting at the office, if you're commuting right now, I hope you got your Tums handy, your antacids. I hope you had a great time last night watching the Super Bowl with probably a third of the country. Uh, we can guess at this point. I'm joined today by none other than John Kelly. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. You know, it's crazy. A third of the country is about right. It's uh, in this disintermediated, fractured media environment. This game, whether it's the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, the commercials, the city of San Francisco, whatever, it's uh, it is one of the very few and declining unifying experiences. I want to talk more about that uh, later in the show. I want to dig in a little on the Disney Fox Warner plan to basically redo cable <laughs> with the new sports package uh, to rival ESPN. Um, we've been covering that a lot at Puck. Uh, but I, I do I want to mention a poll that came out from Pew, actually, the other day. 53% of adults in the U.S. named football as America's sport, compared to only 27% who said baseball. Obviously, that's true. Football is now America's pastime and not baseball. Can you rank, though... Guess, guess here. What came after football and baseball in order, the next three, uh, as America's sport? I'm stunned that baseball came in before uh, basketball, which I would have assumed mm. would have been number two. Um, and I, I think that you're kind of jerking my chain here as a, um, <laughs> a Blue State Coastal elite, Peter. So I'm going to play into it and say bull riding, pickleball, <laughs> curling, and um, and playing pac-man in the arcade am i right or what uh no one does that anymore Fortnite is is now as, as bob Iger knows it's Fortnite, not right? pac-man at the arcade so three is basketball eight percent of americans said basketball uh four is soccer 
Three percent of no. Americans said soccer. I'm sure you're hyped about that. And then, yeah, down here at number five is auto racing. Three uh, percent. Um, I, I assume that's coming Period. mostly from the red corners of our country. But black and Asians were more likely to say basketball. Hispanics were more likely to say soccer. But yeah, I mean, football was the top response across all demos: white, black, men, women, Hispanic, Asian. Uh, it is truly the most unifying thing in the country. Let me just tell you, I, I, I can say how much I appreciate in a subtle way, and I know no one wants to hear this, that you refer to soccer as soccer. We live in America, not France, not Britain. Nothing drives me crazier than when people our age, let's just say, in you know, every the heart of their 40s, uh, refer to it as uh, football. People who, who played absolutely zero sports in their life and obsessed with wearing like arsenal scarves it is too much go back to your dave matthews band concert sorry i'm not here for it so i am a lifelong soccer guy i grew up playing soccer my brothers played soccer i love soccer and i agree with you um i think the venn diagram uh between dave matthews listeners craft beer aficionados and people who wear scarves and soccer jerseys and you know go go to u.s MNT games uh, is very strong. It's a perfect circle, in fact, and is pretty cringe if you call soccer football as an American. Just give up. It's okay, man. Just say soccer. It's fine. Like the, uh, you soccer. know, just you can call the goalie a keeper if you want. That's a little more Euro. That's what I do. There's the keeper. You don't have to call him a goalie. Anyway, before getting more into sports, and we love to talk about sports at Puck now, even more because we have John around on staff. I want to talk to you about the electricity at President Biden's defiant press conference last Thursday, tensions flaring with Fox News, Peter Ducey, uh, who loves to get in fights with President Biden and get those sound bites for Fox. Uh, this was all over, of course, the special counsel's report, clearing Biden of wrongdoing when it comes to classified documents. But this dude who you know served in the Trump administration, Robert Hur, went out of his way to criticize Biden's age and his memory. Uh, it did feel like the sort of Comey report on Hillary Clinton right before the election in 2016. Yeah. Look, two things can be true at once. Biden's <laughs> age, perhaps his feebleness, his uh, inability to get through sentences. That's an issue. Americans agree with that. 32% of Americans, only 32%, according to NBC News, uh, see Biden as competent and compare that to 48% for Donald Trump. It's an issue, it's an issue. But mm -hmm. the other thing that is true here is that Robert Hur <laughs> clearly has an agenda and put in a bunch of extraneous stuff uh, in this report to fuck with Biden. And that became the story. The story wasn't that Biden was cleared of wrongdoing. The story was more evidence heading into his reelection that Biden is too old to be president. And of course, Peter Ducey from Fox News gets up there on Thursday evening as Biden defiantly comes out and stands up and says, how bad is your memory and can you continue as president? That's Ducey. Biden responded, quote, my memory is so bad that I let you speak. This is not the first time tensions have flared between Ducey and Biden back in 2022. You know, Ducey also asked a pretty performative question about inflation. And Biden was on a hot mic calling him a stupid son mm -hmm. of a bitch. He later had to apologize <laughs> to Ducey. They took a picture together. Look, you know, win-win for both sides here. You know, the Democratic White House loves to fuck with Fox. Fox loves to uh, make Biden look like a Weekend at Bernie's character. 
What what was your take on this whole exchange? I actually have a, a, a slightly different uh, perspective on this. I, I think that hers report obviously added an extra detail that I think was was relevant. Um, oh, I think it's relevant. I think it, it's relevant. I'm just saying like they, they can coexist. Like you hear you have a dude yeah. who's clearly like does not like Joe Biden while also right. relaying some things that are interesting and relevant. Sure. And, and, and we should say, and Biden pushed back in his in his remarks yep. uh, about not knowing the you know the the date that the son died or the the, the the year surrounding it. I think it was a mistake. But Biden, look, let me, let me assume effort. Biden's incredibly managed, whether it's a result of of uh, his elderly nature or the sort of like very high Washington competence of the people around him, the the Dunn, Rashetti, Donnelly class, like. This is an example of how the, the the presidency to me is an office as much as in some ways it, it's a, a person's job, right? There's a, of course, there there's delegation and um, and organization, and there are um, normally people in those roles are like often uh, ascendant or or pre-ascendant in their careers. Here, you actually have people who worked in previous administrations and on K Street and professional Washington, and they've they've kind of come back to be uh, supportive to to Biden. Part of maybe the fact that he's in his 80s, so they're in their 50s and 60s. It's an incredibly experienced team. It is more experienced than um, not just the Trump team, but but than than many teams you see in a White House. They let him go out there. Clearly, he really, really wanted to. It, to me, it was a tragic mistake. I, I think actually this was the one incredibly relevant question that Ducey has asked in his in his many years in in the Brady room. I think Biden's answer was pathetic. I'm sorry to say. I think if you read this, the transcript, it sounds effective, but the way it was delivered was was very feeble. And I actually felt about this, and um, I was with some of our of our colleagues and partners uh, when this was all uh, unfolding. So you know, we started to talk about it, but I actually didn't get a chance to look at the video until later on Thursday night, and it was, it was amazing. It it totally knocked away the Tucker Carlson Putin interview at the story. In oh, American yeah. politics, I mean, just obliterated it. I got the same impression um, watching that that I did when I heard Ron DeSantis and Elon Musk and maybe it was Jason Calacanis with some some third wheel on X when DeSantis declared his candidacy, which was a deep pang of, oh boy, this is a turning point. I, I think it's not just bad, but very bad. You can hear the Trump ads being cut, not just on the hair report, but on, on this detail. The, the question of Biden's age, sure, you can splice it and maybe it's unfair. Trump isn't much younger. Trump also, um, you know, calls people by the wrong name. I think the other part of the, the, the Biden press conference that was powerful was the um, president of, you know, using the name of the president of Mexico and, and Egypt. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, this was profoundly problematic for the White House. And this is something they cannot outrun. I think it'll get worse and worse. And, and I don't want to be overreactive, Peter. I, I really don't because I'm, uh, as I say to you all the time, I'm not a political analyst. I don't pretend that I'm in touch with what people, you know, the non-Twitter political classes think. But this just seemed like you have an older person who who may have some functional uh, shortages or, or, you know, age-related, um, you know, elements of decline walking right into a buzzsaw and we know that the trump machine is much more efficient than it was in 2020 there the las vida susie wilds types are way more effective mm-hmm. and you know they have, they have to raise a ton of money to keep up with the legal damages but they get people out to vote 
and the age and competency issue will be their version of the COVID shutdowns, you know? And so I just, um, uh, when I watched that, I thought, oh God, this could be the big one. Yeah, I have more on this in the best and the brightest uh, that's out today on Puck. You said things, a few things I agree with. One, it's not going to get better, like for Biden. Like it's only going to get more and more challenging. Figuring out how to put him uh, in public spaces, um, put him around reporters. And we know he skipped that big Super Bowl yep. opportunity over the weekend. He, that yep. was the second year in a row, by the way, he's done that. And especially during a campaign year when Trump is obviously going to be out doing the rallies and trying to look all masculine and tough and big. Biden's Rose Garden strategy is, is going to be like a dandelion garden strategy. It's like where like just like just coming out and giving speeches, putting out like this is the thing. Even the digital team out over there like puts out clips of him that they think are favorable and they still look tough. For example, mm-hmm. last week he was out in Nevada getting boba tea during an OTR and like, you know, he gets, he loves doing this. He's always done this. He stops to get ice cream all the time, comes out, maybe like, you know, joust with reporters for a minute, but he just like shuffling out looks what he is, which is an an elderly man and increasingly so. Um, and, And there's an interesting kind of dynamic going on as well that I notice all the time in the news these days, which happens with every president, every politician, so like Jake Tapper will be like, here's what Biden said in 2019 about immigration. And they'll go back and play a soundbite of what Biden said at the time versus what he's saying now. And even in 2019 and 2020, he looks markedly different. His, he does. His manner of speaking is crisper. He just looks younger. And you can see how even in 2019 and 2020 when he's running for president, he was old, but you're like, okay, like he'll he'll be okay. And he just looks older. And like that's not getting better. That doesn't go anywhere. And I agree with you too that this marks a new low point. I think the last most terrifying moment for Democrats was late last October, November, when New York Times Siena dropped all those swing state polls yep. showing him losing to Trump uh in a bunch of places. There is a new level of panic going on right now how how, what happens if he drops out is he going to drop out like we're going to lose this thing the other thing that jumps out at me from this whole narrative is how fucking like limp dicked some of the democratic defense of biden here is and i'm not talking about necessarily like the administration's defense of him but just like other democrats like well donald trump is old too like let's talk about that it's like no okay like donald trump is old but the perception is baked in and it is obvious to the naked eye that while both of these guys are old and yes, while Trump mixes up his words sometimes and doesn't know what he's talking about <laughs> very often, Americans think he is more healthy and competent. That's just, that's a problem that's just like not going to go away. Well, let me ask you this though. So there's obviously been this swirl in the background of a couple of factors. And I, I agree with you that the, the best, argument that democrats have made including by top of the establishment that our guy's better than their guy but that's obviously a false choice biden's not the only person in the world who could beat trump and and it's almost like a a, a really a, a child's argument this is the first time that i wondered about the the, the swirling arguments in the background the, the the third party no label piece you know to could a mansion become a protest vote for democrats in, in a very real way and i also began to wonder 
want to sound conspiratorial because you know that I'm not, but this was the first moment, and again, we're, we're still in the heat of this, but where I really did wonder, oh, is this is this going to fall apart? Will the donor class begin to put pressure on, I, I think this is Jill Biden's decision, by the way. Joe, Joe Biden clearly wants to run. Everyone's letting him do it. I'm the only person who could stop him is his wife. Will the campaigns in waiting in Pritzker and Newsom and Whitmer begin to slowly mobilize and we are running out of time uh it, it'll all come down to what happens in and around chicago and again i don't want to sound insane here because it, this was one event but i i, I feel like a, a bomb went off in in political media and that in, in some ways reporters who have been around the white house and haven't had access to the president have been they talk about this quietly all the time right that that that, that, that biden is has sort of uh, ostensibly faded faster than the public may realize. And I think that an episode like this will wake them up. I mean, to just to, and to, to put a fire point on it, Peter, can you imagine what the Democrats and the media would be, how they'd be behaving if this were Trump? If, you know, and you remember a number of years ago during his presidency when Trump couldn't you know in an agile way walk up the stairs he held a water glass with two hands like there's some level of double standard that i do think is, is being baked into this and i don't think this toothpaste can be put back into the tube i agree <laughs> uh we should say donald trump is facing 91 criminal charges uh yeah yeah could, could uh could you know destroy our democracy all i'm saying is that makes the choice uh, here even more grim. But all all of that being said, that's what Biden is counting on. He might be old, but the other guy is nuts and dangerous. Again, I do have much more about this in the best and the brightest today, uh, coming out later today, uh, including uh, a little bit on what uh, a plan would be for Democrats if Biden did suddenly decide to call it quits. John, when we come back, I want to talk to you more about this Disney Fox Warner sports package that has the media world abuzz. Hey, Powers That Be listeners, I'm here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated list of gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. I use Etsy all the time and have for years. I bought my brother some artwork. I bought my wife some jewelry. I even bought a rug for our living room on Etsy. I love it. But there's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for friends and family members around the holidays or birthdays in my life. And sometimes I get super stressed trying to find the perfect thing. But now with gift mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found the perfect gift for a buddy who's just as into Cincinnati sports as I am, a hot cup of Joe, Joe Burrow mug. That's right, I found that on Etsy, it's amazing. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. 
Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to the Powers That Be, everybody. It's Media Monday. John, you know, uh, the entire sports world was in Vegas over the weekend. Presumably, uh, at least on the business side, a lot of people were chatting about this proposed ESPN, Fox, Warner Brothers plan to launch a joint streaming service this fall. My friends, who when this news broke last week, were texting me like, "This feels like just paying for cable again." What? What are you know? This has been out for out there for a few days. What are what are insiders saying about this? What are you hearing? Here are the top five things that I think are are playing out right now. And the caveat being, there is a lot that we don't know about this deal. And it seems like it was announced, even though they were working on it for a long time. It's not prematurely. Thing one about this deal is it's unclear to anyone where the the real power is going to lie. When you have um, when you have enemies getting together. You can't assume that they're going to have really fair governance and um, that they're all going to agree on on everything, especially if, as one can assume, the majority of the subs probably come through ESPN-style content just because their library is so voluminous. So will they split money the right way? Will they um, all be incentivized, I- especially as ESPN has a Hulu product that does live sports and an ESPN uh, Plus streaming product? This is their third streaming sports product. How much are they going to really be motivated to push this? I don't know. So I think that the power sharing is thing one. Thing two, people at the leagues and um, elsewhere in media were blindsided by this. And, you know, not that like everyone's got to be friends with everyone, but uh, our pal John Ram is out in Vegas. And, and that was an overwhelming takeaway. It was just that this had not sort of been seeded uh, into the leagues, which is surprising given that the, the leagues are actively negotiating with a number, if not really all three, of these broadcasters in real time and just have fundamental questions about who they talk to and and and, and the structure of these relationships um i think thing three is the the technology piece Jill alexander actually mentioned a bit of this last week who runs the tech here i mean the the, the max service mm-hmm. certainly um has solid if not great technology uh, i think uh, disney plus which have been investing in software before any of these companies is the furthest along remember they bought bam tech which um, had come out of you know the mlb product and they've been you know i think they bought the first tranche of that in in the in the 20 teens so they're the furthest ahead fox obviously has very little over the top capacity i mean i feel like every time i hear about a new um fox nation show it's like you know harrison ford and and uh, um you know tupper carlson or taking ayahuasca in the desert or something. It just it just like sort of a, a, an SNL parody of itself. So who controls the tech is a, a big part of it as well. And then I think, you know, a, a, as you sort of uh, ascend a bit for, there's also the the question of what happens to Paramount um, in all this. Obviously, you know, does this does this totally chill a deal there? Um, one of the, the very valuable aspects of, of Paramount Global is its NFL rights, the Tony Romo of it all. Uh, <laughs> does this does this make Zaslav totally uh, disincentivized to continue forward? And I've actually heard recently that I, I don't I just think that's too complicated. I don't think it's going to happen, but it certainly p- 
puts uh, you know NBCU and and Paramount on the outside looking in. And here is, I think, the big thing. And to me, this is the thing: is this a starter marriage or is this real? The way that this came out just struck me as all wrong and a little sideways. It was it the news came out on Tuesday evening after markets before I believe Disney and Fox announced earnings. It came out like right as Jim Nance and Tony Romo were were you know being introduced at uh, media day during Super Bowl week. Is this a sort of narrative shifting smoke bomb or are people really, you know, these cord nevers or pre quarters or whatever they are going to pay 40 bucks a year to access this content there? I think it's really unclear. I watch sports on about four or five different platforms right now. and I'm still just figuring it out. Would I get a sixth? Is that going to make my life any easier? I don't know. Which leads me to a big conclusion here, Peter, which I think is that this is a risk adjusted version of the daily which as you recall was the rupert murdoch tablet only um newspaper from like are you this um that was sort of an, uh, an in plain <laughs> yeah. sight r&d project and i think that that may be what this ends up being but uh, they're scant on details which either means they don't know them or they they know them and they're not great thank you john you know if everyone's having super bowl it's all uh speaking of all the different viewing options out there uh, you can tune into college basketball tonight. We have Wake Forest and Duke on ESPN. Or you can watch Lehigh and Bucknell on the CBS Sports Network. Or you Ooh, can watch Patriot Lamar League. versus Incarnate Word on ESPN+. Plus. Or you can watch West Virginia and TCU on the Big 12 Network. Or you can watch Prairie View A&M versus Florida A&M on ESPNU. Look, I mean, I'm so confused, too, just like you with all these sports viewing choices. I only bring that up because college basketball is like the hardest thing to watch across the streamers. So hopefully, uh, maybe it'll solve some of that problem for me specifically, John. Um, Thank you, buddy, for joining me. As always, I'll see you out there in the Slack. All right, man. I'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Ben Landy. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Odyssey. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Bob Tabador, and Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck.